You can be seated. You can be seated. Give it up for Jesus one time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, how about that worship? It was strong, right? Really strong. And uh, I was just looking around during worship, watching all of you guys, and it's just amazing to see how passionate you are. I mean, this is the 6 p.m. You're here because you want to be here. You know, you, you've prioritized church, and I think that's amazing. Um, really quick, too, that culture that we're talking about, worship and the, the atmosphere that's here, we got to give it up for your pastors, right, too. Because of how strong they lead. And um, you said, I think you can call us family. Okay, he's giving me the thumbs up. I'm family. I'm family whether you like it or not. You're not getting rid of me. Um, And I do feel that. You know, it's our second time coming back, and it must have been good enough to get an invite. So I'm hoping at the end of this we'll be invited back again. Um, And then here on my left, too, you've got Michael. And uh, if you guys could give give it up for him as well. They already said it, but great word this morning and um, just really, really strong. And so today, you know, your pastors asked me to come and speak. You're in the middle of a series on James. And so uh, the portion of James that I was given is all about the power of words, right? And so, you know, for me in my head, immediately, I don't know why my brain works this way, but I thought of the TV show, The Office. Do you guys have access to watch that maybe on Netflix or something? Do I have any Office fans in here? Look, I'm not promoting the show. I'm not telling you to go watch it, but... We do have a clip, and it just, it reminded me of the power of words. I don't know. So if you guys could throw that up really quick. Hey, so this isn't matching up with this, and I'm not sure which one's right. Can you just hunt down the original for me? Yes, me do. All right. Hey, Kev, what were you saying before about the paperwork? Me do now. Go. Stop worry. Kevin, do you feel okay? Me feel good. Body strong. Sleep big last night. Yeah, I think we should get him to the hospital. Yeah, all right, Kevin, why don't you come with us? No, no, no he, guys. He's fine. he's fine. He's always been like that. No, he hasn't. I mean, he's gotten worse over the years. He's making a statement. It's an ironic comment on our expectations of him. A funhouse image of our model of Kevin. You keep think that. Me mechanic, not speak English, but he know what me mean when me say car no go, and we best friends. So me think, why waste time, say lot word when few word do trick? Kevin, I appreciate what you're trying to do. Thank. Here, we have a word code, the same way we have a dress code. And what we're talking about is basically the speech equivalent to just wearing underpants. Sometimes words you know need use, but need need for talk talk. But save time, more success. Does it save time though? Because we've been here for about an hour. No me fault. Kevin, at most you're saving a microscopic amount of time. Many small time make big time. And what are you gonna do with all this time? Sea world. Kevin, you can't possibly save enough time to see the world. Kevin, are you saying see the world or sea world? Sea world. Oceans. Fish. Jump. Okay. China. No, see? Right there. That's the problem with your method, because I still don't know if you're saying sea world or see the world, and it's taken a lot of time to explain it. Fine. Fine. I'll talk normally. When me 
president? They see. They see. That's pretty great, right? Pretty great. And, uh, you know, for me, how many people relate to Kevin? I kind of feel like I'm awkward sometimes. And um, I'm that kind of guy when I go out to a restaurant and I order my food, I get so excited when I see the waiter coming. And he sets the food down in front of me and he says something like, you know, enjoy your meal. And for me, I'm like, thanks, you too. You know, I'm like, (laughs) wait a second, you're not eating. Okay. Um, I don't know if anybody in here is like that, but, uh, you know, I feel like that's how it is in life sometimes for me. I don't know about you guys. You know, I'm kind of fumbling over myself, over my words. And I think what I'm saying is landing, but I'm not exactly sure. And uh, even some of the words I use, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure the effect they're having. And um, I, I think that's something that we all maybe struggle with at times. Um, you know, before we get into this, I'm going to get into some scripture, but I'd like to just open up with prayer and then we'll dive in. So God, thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for just the love you have for each person in this room. Lord, today I ask that you would just, um, you know, do something great during this time. Lord, I ask that you would make this an impactful time. Any words that I say um, that are not of you, God, I ask that they would just fall on deaf ears and that, Lord, you would um, move and help us to, to grow in the way we communicate, in the words we use. Um, and it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. amen. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to go to James chapter 3, and it's going to be verses 1 through 12. And I think they've got it on the screen as well if you don't have your Bible. So um, we'll start off, and it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. That's a pretty strong statement. Um, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. That's an important statement. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. One of the same, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So there's a lot in that, right, to unpack. But when I look at that, immediately, he was talking about ships. And I've never been on a cruise, but I can tell you my wife is a big fan of the movie Titanic. Have you guys ever seen Titanic? I've seen Titanic so many times in a year and a half that if I never saw it again in my life, I would be okay. Um, She loves that movie, and I'm kind of on the fence about it, you know, because I'm conflicted. This has nothing to do with my message. This point right here, it's a side note. That's why I'm stepping over this way. I really feel like, Rose, there, there was room on the door. Does anybody else feel that way? 
And my wife just makes excuses for her. I'm like, no, he totally could be alive with her. And she's talking about 84 years ago. It's been so long. Oh, he could have been there with you for 84 years if you would have just made some room, right? That's my personal beef with Titanic. Again, has nothing to do with this. But when you watch a movie so many times, you start to kind of think about it from different perspectives, right? And so initially, you're like, okay, Rose, Jack, oh, she's flying on the front of the ship. This is great. But after about 10 times of seeing it, I'm like, man, I wonder what the captain's thinking. You know, I wonder what this guy's thinking. I'm trying to, you know, get a different angle or different perspective on things. Um, And if you guys had to wake up tomorrow and captain a cruise ship, how would that make you feel? If that was like your assignment, you got to get these people from one place to the next and you got to make it as safe and as smooth as possible. Would you feel good about that? Would you want to get on a, a ship where I was the captain? I see some heads shaking no. You're right, because to be honest, if I was the captain, we're going under. I'm sorry, guys. You know, that's, that's reality. Um, and, and when you think about that, you know, the captain had one job, right? And I think in life, when you think about a cruise ship, um, what James is saying is that our life is similar to that, right? So you get one life, there's only one Titanic, and, and our job is to make the most out of this life, to get from where we are to where God wants us to go, right? Um, and I think for us, it's just important to remember our responsibility. Um, yeah, I think, you know, instead of trying to be the captain so often in life, which is what we do, it's important to remember that we're actually supposed to be the rudder, right? And who's the captain? I think it's actually Jesus is what, what James is trying to explain, um, you know, it, words are so powerful and so important. Um, and just a few stats, interesting stats on words that I found. It says that we say about 10,000 plus words a day. That's a lot, right? Uh, we hear around 20,000 to 30,000 words per day. 50% of the words we use each day are negative. 20% of the words we use are neutral. And 30% of the words we use are positive. Um, You know, words have the power to really be the rudder and steer our lives, right? But it's, it's kind of confusing when you read that scripture because you hear, okay, words are powerful, but no man can tame the tongue, right? What's that all about? If my job is to be the rudder, you know, I'm not set up for success. That's how it makes me feel, you know? Um, You know, and, and, Proverbs 18.21 in the message, it actually says, and they'll throw that up on the screen for you guys, words kill, words give life, they're either poison or fruit. You choose. What's the choice, you know? Um, What does it mean if our tongue is the rudder and this is how we speak? You know, we're we're negative. 50% of the words we say are negative. Um, Out of 10,000 a day, and then you're hearing 20 to 30,000, right? So how much negativity is out there? How much negativity in the world is out there? I think this is not in my notes either, but if you get on social media, it doesn't take longer than about three seconds to see the state that the world is in when it comes to the way people speak to one another. And um, I don't know if it's just the family I grew up in or the way I was raised, but I kind of believe that dishonor, you know, disagreement doesn't have to mean dishonor. And me and you can see things differently and me still treat you with dignity, speak life to you, respect you, um, and I feel like that's something that, that we really struggle with in the world. Why are, why are we so negative? 
Um, you know, it only took the Titanic being off course a few degrees <laughs> for a catastrophe to happen, right? And we're talking about controlling this ship. That's what James has said. So why are we so negative? Um, you know, I think life has a way of beating people down. That's maybe one reason. Uh, maybe you're in here and family issues is something that you're walking through. Um, I, I've been through that and I can relate to that in my life growing up, you know. Uh, maybe your childhood is not going the way you want it to. If you're a young person in here, your young adulthood is not going the direction you thought it would, or you think it should go. Um, and, and you're really struggling. Maybe, you know, it's a, an issue at work. It's a boss, it's a coworker, it's somebody you're really struggling with. You know, uh, maybe it's a marriage issue and uh, I've only been married a year and a half, so I'm not going to give any marriage advice in here, but, um, I do know that that's, that's a real thing and people go through that. Maybe it's, you know, raising kids again, not, not something I can speak on from personal experience, but I've only heard how challenging it is anytime someone brings it up to me and my wife. Just wait, just wait. Kids, just wait, wait as long as you can. And I think, I think those are some of the reasons, right? Yeah, see, they're laughing because they know it's true. Um, I think another reason, this is kind of funny, but it could be just that you're hungry, right? How many people get hangry? <laughs> and that changes the way you communicate with other people, right? Maybe, maybe you deal with anger and there's something in your past that brings that up, you know? Um, maybe there's loneliness in your life and that can change the language, the thoughts you have, the way you speak. Um, maybe you're tired. It's okay to be tired. Did you guys know that? It's okay to need rest. Even God rested, right? Um, and I think these are all things that play into the why behind some of these statistics. Um, I think, you know, if you're going through those things, you're in the right place. Church is the right place for you. If you're in that situation, um, and I, I was kind of challenged by this, convicted by this thought when I was preparing this message, but uh, I felt like the Lord said to me, if your speech is negative in any of these areas, you may not be letting God lead you in these areas. If you're complaining about something, you may not trust God to take care of it, right? It's kind of another way to say it is it's impossible to complain and pray at the same time, you know? And I, I'm challenged by that because Michael knows, I mean, we deal with difficult things sometimes. And I, I have the tendency to be very practical, but I have to fight that and, uh, and, and push to live my life through the lens of faith, to speak life, to speak truth, to speak joy. Um, you know, I think God, you know, he knows everything from beginning to end. So he saw all of this. And the good news is, guys, he has a solution to help us tame the tongue. Now, again, we talked about how no man can do that. So what, what is the solution, right? It says that the, the tongue has been set on fire by hell. So I started thinking about that. And I think there's another scripture that answers this problem. If you imagine there being a, a, a string, an invisible string from your tongue to your heart, I think the only way to fix a tongue on fire with hell is to get a heart set on fire for God. Right? That's... So, so in Matthew twelve thirty four through 35, that'll be up on the screen. It says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. This is Jesus talking now. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. So I think for us, that's the solution, right? We have to get our hearts set on fire for God if we're going to be able to have our tongue controlled. Imagine Jesus being the captain of the cruise ship. Who's thankful that he's the captain? 
who's thankful that he's got the solution to help us tame this crazy thing? Because I've said some stuff in my life, you know, that I regret. And um, I think now it's just defining maybe a practical plan to get there. And there's a lot of ways you can do this, but I'm going to just share three things that I think have been very, very helpful in my life. So the first thing, how do we get a heart on fire for God? Number one is just to listen. Often for me, my time with God, when I was brand new, I'm, I'm, you know, getting plugged into church. My life's been radically changed. I think all of us come to God with passion, right? But maybe not so much maturity. (laughs) And so we'll get in worship and jump up and down and be excited. And in my prayer life, it kind of translated that way too. I was pacing the floor, shouting, you know, trying to paint, pray the paint off the walls, but I never really made time to pause. And, you know, Jesus, this isn't in my notes either, but he said at one point, don't, be like the heathens and think that you're heard because of your many words, right? So here's another, another passage of scripture just to, to back this kind of thought up. It comes from the message version again. It's Isaiah 55, 3 through 5, and it says, Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, there's that word, and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. But that all started with listening. You also will command nations you do not know, and peoples unknown to you will come running to obey, because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. So maybe it's time to start listening when we spend time with God. Maybe it's time to learn to receive. You know, just a quick exercise, if you wouldn't mind, close your eyes really quick. Um, this is something I do from time to time just to practice this reflection. And what I want you to do is imagine the version of you that is full of the fruit of the Spirit. What does that version of you look like that's full of love, that's full of joy, full of peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? What does that version of you look like? And then here's the, the reality of the gospel, guys, is that Jesus actually says, that's possible. <laughs> so you can open your eyes. You, you actually can become that version of yourself, but here's the deal. You're not going to do it by using a lot of words. It's actually going to start with you listening to God, making space just to come before him in prayer and say, God, I put my agenda aside. What do you want to talk about? What's on your mind? What's on your heart? How do you want to change me? What do you want to do inside of me to make me become that version of me? It's the Holy Spirit's fruit, his possession. So you got to spend time with him to get it. He's the one that gives it to you. You know, um, the next one, if, if we were to move on, I think is to define your values. So it's words, but in a different way. And I think a lot of times in life, we don't put um, a roadmap in front of ourselves. Right, We kind of just fumble through and hope for the best. And uh, you can either live on accident like that, and maybe something good happens, or you can make the choice to live on purpose. And I think when you define the values that you live by, that gives you the roadmap to follow. You can kind of build your life around those things, right? So um, for my wife and I, we've been talking a lot about this. We're into marriage a year and a half in. And uh, for us, the three values that we've kind of made our home on. I think it could grow. The list could. But right now, for you to be a successful member of the Johnson family, do you guys want to know what the three things are? Okay. 
Number one is that we focus on healthy relationships. We build healthy relationships with people. It's the number one thing on the list. Second thing, if you want to be a successful member of the Johnson family, it's that you make positive memories. So when my, she's very spontaneous. She's different from me. I like to have a plan. I like to know what we're doing Tuesday a year from now. She's like, hey, why don't we just get in the car and drive to the beach? You know, I'm like, we don't have the money. We don't da da da. I got a list of reasons bullet point in my head. But because I have that value, I've learned in a year and a half to listen differently when she says things like that. So then so I, I may be more open to Putting my list aside, she says arguing with me is like arguing with a lawyer, you know? Um, so I can put my bullet point list aside of reasons why we shouldn't and just trust her. And, and the great part about it is we're building positive memories, which is one of our values. And we can look back on those things together as something that we've shared. Um, and then the last thing is just staying close to Jesus. And if you're in here tonight, I mean, you're, you're here because you want that in your life. So I don't need to talk to you guys about that, but that is for us, the values that we're living by. And I would just submit to you, maybe that's one practical way that you could get this heart on fire for God that we're talking about. What are the values that make you a success in your family? How do you want to define that? Um, just, just bring some definition of that. And I think you're going to see a year's time from now, your life be in a totally different place. And then the third thing um, is just to surround yourself with life-giving people, right? If we want a heart that's on fire for God, everybody in here has heard it. Your parents said it to you growing up. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future, right? So it's really important. You can have the first two things in place, but if you don't surround yourself with the right people, it's only going to last for so long. And, And we've all maybe as Christians been in that place before, right? Like, We've been on fire, and then we get around the wrong crowd, and it just wanes. It, it goes away. And I don't want to see that for you guys. I want to see you guys strong, plugged in, you know, growing spiritually, on fire, and your tongue being controlled. Um, so what better place to do that in than church? You know, that's why I love having relationships with people like Michael, people like Pastor Jason, Sue, their family, all of you guys. And if you looked around this room, I'm sure you've probably got a list of people, too, that you would point out. And say, man, those are my people. Um, I think life change happens in the context of relationships. You guys probably hear that all the time, you know. Uh, But the Bible says if you struggle with sin, to confess that to God for forgiveness, right? If you struggle with sin and you want healing, he says you got to confess that to one another. And we need each other to not only receive forgiveness, but to advance beyond that and to grow and and to get our tongue under control. Um, And then, you know, for you guys, that probably looks like small groups. I know that's a a big thing that you guys have going on at the church. You probably could repeat the values, but it's know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and then make a difference. Well, that step, find freedom, is what we're talking about right now. It's putting Jesus in the captain seat. It's, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people and, and challenging one another when you see an area of weakness, calling it out with love, right, and, and bringing them up a level. Um, and I think if you can do those things well, you can have a heart that is absolutely set on fire for God. I think controlling your words is a lot easier when God is in control. There's <laughs> one way to say it. Um, and really quick, I, I'm going to wrap up here in just a second. But uh, what I would like to do um, is actually pray for anyone that wants to receive salvation. And then we're going to do one other thing. I just want to speak words of life over you, if that's okay. Would you guys be okay with me doing that? Okay, so why don't we do that? Let's bow our heads really quick and pray. 
Um, And maybe you're in here and this message has impacted you in some way. Um, Maybe you feel like your life has been out of control in an area and you haven't trusted God. Maybe you've never trusted God at all with your life. And um, this message maybe opened your eyes to that. And if it did, that's amazing. Um, That's the best decision you could ever make. And so what I want to do right now is just say a prayer with you. The words I'm going to say really don't matter as much as you meaning it with your whole heart. So why don't we just have everybody in the room pray this out loud. But if you want to make that decision today, would you just slip your hand up right now? That's awesome. 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 The trusting God is the best decision you've ever made. He's going to help you get not only your words under control, but your life as well. Um, so why don't you repeat this prayer after me? If everybody in the room would just say this, God, I love you. I thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Thank you for raising him from the grave. I ask that you would do that same thing in my life. Fill me with not just uh, empty religion, but with your spirit. Thank you for your love. And it's in Jesus' name. And if you would just keep your eyes closed, and we're going to wrap up, but I just wanted to take a second and put this into practice with you to speak words of life over you. And um, I've got a list here. It starts off and it just says, you are loved. Maybe you haven't heard that in a while. I don't know what your situation is, what family you're a part of, what friends you have. But if you needed to hear that tonight, just know you are loved. You are accepted. There's not a better place for you to be than here right now. And if you need that, receive it. You're accepted here at this church. You've got pastors that love you, family that is here to bring you into what God is doing. You are complete in Christ. You are blessed. You are protected. You are free of all condemnation. You are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. You are free from the oppression of the enemy. You are the head and not the tail. You have the mind of Christ. You are called with a holy calling. You are called chosen and faithful. You are an ambassador for Christ. You will fulfill all that God has for you. You are a child of God and you are filled with hope. Do you guys receive that word today? Amen.